and welcome back to MRP Show. As always, I'm Daniel, one of your hosts. And I am Jose, the other host. So tonight, our couch potato is uh, Matthew Bivens. Say hello, Matthew. What's going on, everybody? And we have a special stowaway, as I would like to call him. <laughs> What's a stowaway, honestly? I'm trying to pretend I know what that is, but I really don't know what that <laughs> is. So when, when, like, um... Is it those ships? birds who no, leave no, no, the no. babies? Oh, no, no, that's, no, a, that's stork. a stork. No, yeah. that was my dad, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so when somebody sneaks onto a ship or any, like, transportation vehicle, I guess. Okay, you know, I can do Johnny yeah. Depp, that's cool. <laughs> yep. um, so tonight's episode is... Uh, an interesting one. Uh, so my name's not Stowe. My name's Caesar. <laughs> well, yeah, you didn't even change so. I have. Uh, I'm here visiting the studios of MRP. And if you guys like, check me out. I have my own podcast, Come Again Podcast. That was my little plug right there. Thank you. <laughs> Shout out, Caesar. Right. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. So, anyways, like I was saying. Um, well, actually, I've, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, anybody else? Matthew? This is plug time. <laughs> anybody else got a plug in here? Follow me on Instagram. Anybody got a book, a movie coming out, yeah. a new album? Yeah. Now's the time. Check my mixtape. <laughs> I was going to say that. Dang it. So, yeah, our topic for today are, are um, it's going to be sort of like a sexual health and intimacy um <clears throat> so if uh you're uncomfortable with that i would I suggest you leave <laughs> um and no, you know this is if, if you're uncomfortable with that that's all the more reason to like turn it up, to turn it up. <laughs> yeah. tune in right yeah this should not be an uncomfortable topic so if it's uncomfortable it should take not. A listen to it it should not but yeah no um just to start off as well i wanted to um matthew um, why don't you tell us about yourself i know that you're the host of uh having it all podcast and you're a life um, lifestyle balance coach yeah yeah um i'm a father to an awesome three-year-old little girl i'm a husband to an amazing woman and queen i host multiple podcasts one about living your most kick-ass life another one about home birth and and uh empowering yourself around your birth choices i um i'm a balanced lifestyle coach like you said so i work with people to help them really answer their call to live with more purpose live with more abundance live with more love and um i got so many more things about me that i could sit here and just talk about myself for about an hour oh nice but those are some of the the highlights some of the stuff that you all would see on my linkedin if you were to take a look okay nice i did another that. plug thank you <laughs> <laughs> i'm not saying go check no, it out no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i had to. Uh, but yeah matthew's gonna bring us a very interesting perspective especially when it comes to um just love in general um you know it, it could be considered what many people um would say an open marriage um but just hang on to that we're gonna talk about that later and uh, you know I, I talk about it like that just so people kind of understand but i respect that you know that's not what it is for you um I, I definitely get that you know we just we as people we need to um define things mm -hmm. and so that's correct it is what it is it's cool I yeah. think that is probably, you know, the, the fact that my wife and I choose to have multiple partners in our relationship is um, one of the less interesting aspects of what we're going to talk about. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. Really? <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm excited to, to hear about this. I've, I've never like heard or dealt. I mean, I've heard of people doing this kind of stuff, but I've never actually like interacted and asked questions and got like into it with someone that, you know, like cool. has that kind of relationship. So yeah, I'm excited about getting into this. Yeah, so one thing that um, we can say is that it's uncomfortable. And a lot of times, like, we, learning about this is so uncomfortable for, um, for for young adults or young people because 
like their parents don't want to talk about it or, you know, they just don't have the resources. Um, so like for, for yourself, um, what what's your experience with that? How is that kind of like a, a factor into your life, like the beginning, so to speak? Um, so today, if there's topics that make me uncomfortable for me, that indicates that there's something within me to address. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very all right with going into uncomfortable territory and whether, you know, there's, there's within relationships with a lot of people, there's a handful of things that tend to make some people uncomfortable, right? Money makes people uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Talking about politics makes people uncomfortable. Religion, um, sex makes people uncomfortable. And so I just found that for myself over the years, any, any area that just brought up anxiety within me, right? Like something that it consistently was making me uncomfortable and I couldn't just let go of it that I thought, okay, you know, that's an area for me to have a potential breakthrough in because maybe there's some thought that I have or some story, something that went back way when I was a kid or something that I was attaching to that I was fearful about. And if I don't address it, I'm just going to be uncomfortable in that area forever. Right. Right. So that's how I uh, approach those types of things today. Like, you know what? It might be uncomfortable, but let's talk about it so that we can get to a new level of understanding, grow, heal, whatever the case may be. Of course, because otherwise it's just going to like fester in and yeah. never going to get better. But I mean, you know, we don't like to be uncomfortable. I don't like to be uncomfortable in just in life. And so yeah. it's kind of natural to avoid those things. Right, right. But I found that those things, if again, if it was something that just kept coming up, like, I don't love snakes. So when I'm around <laughs> snakes, I feel uncomfortable, but I don't believe that has a, a deep impact on my life. Right, right, right. So it's not like I'm going to go and try to desensitize myself to snakes. <laughs> but when it came to um, my, my, like how I was showing up in the bedroom and talking about sex with my partner and talking about, you know, the fears that I was having, that stuff made me incredibly uncomfortable and it impacted my life and it was impacting relationships and it was impacting my health. So that's an area that I'm like, I was, I know when I was years ago, I said, yes, I'm going to address that. And I'm going to look at it. Right. Do you think that, um, I don't know what you guys think as well, as well. I don't know what your history has been with, I'm talking to everybody in the room <laughs> as far as like, um, you know, that talk with your parents and it's kind of like maybe yeah. <laughs> at times it's not like, it, it's definitely not the most comfortable. Um, and at times it's like, you don't get all the information because of that. But yeah. Um, <clears throat> Cause you, you, it's like both parties are typically uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, you, like, it's like your parents are almost like more uncomfortable talking to you about it than you are about learning about it. Yeah. And then that makes you even more uncomfortable <laughs> exactly. because what they're indicating is that this is a topic that you're supposed to feel bad about. Exactly. They're supposed to feel weird about. Right. And so you just kind of feed off each other. Yeah. It, that I mean, this, this kind of relates to that, but it's kind of like as a kid when your parents make you be scared of something just because they were scared of something and then when you confront Absolutely. it you realize that it wasn't so scary after all for me that was like roller coasters my mother was always like you can't get on roller coasters you're super scary so like my whole life all the way up until my teenage years i just had this like unsettling fear of roller coasters mm. until one day it was i i ended up getting on a bunch of roller coasters because of some girl she's like it's like you gotta get on with me and like i'll hold your hand and hug you and i was like no i mean <laughs> that's a fair trade <laughs> deal yeah i was like 13 or 14 or something like that and i was like stephanie? i guess bro i have pictures of you oh stephanie at six flags at that same age <laughs> why you gotta Juan, call her out like images right now? <laughs> why you gotta call her out like that <laughs> 
Stephanie's uh, uh, Caesar's um. Niece. Oh my goodness! Yeah. yeah, yeah, we dated when we were thirteen. <laughs> I was I was hoping no one would say. Anything. So there's some there's some feelings that you might be harboring about that. Oh, but listen, what you had to say is is spot on, and it's like that's what happens when we we pass our fears on to one another. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it, it was roller coasters, but it could have been, you know, homosexuality. It could have been another religion. Mm-hmm. It could have been another race that mm-hmm. those those fears were passed down to you. And then you got to deal with it. And, you know, I think it's important for us to examine where our beliefs come from. Exactly. Like, is this something that I'm choosing to believe for me because it works for my life and it serves me? Or is it something that I was told to believe and I never really questioned it? That's how like racism gets passed on from Absolutely. generation to generation. Because it's like the parents of these kids from when they're little teach them yeah. this stuff and then they think that that's how it's supposed to be and to fear yeah like yeah. people of well you know we could be both races but for the most part people of color and um but if you if you pay attention those parents went to an all-white school they never were exposed and i don't want to get off topic but like for where we live here in atlanta we live in a very uh multicultural community so we're exposed to a lot of communities and i've come across people that their parents are racist their parents uh some of their parents like will turn off the tv if bill cosby wasn't here because like we're not watching any black people in my house and stuff like that but it's because they didn't understand they come and i'm not like i'm making excuses for ignorant people but they went to an all-white school and here comes a new generation where they're being exposed to and they're like well this is not so bad everybody's just the same you know yeah i love how you guys put it about that people do pass on their fears i never thought of it that way coming from a religious mom i i can see that she has put a lot of fear into her this is wrong this is what happens if you do this and then she passed it along to you and then I get it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we can we can all say that there's something that we've been inherited <laughs> yeah. from some fear we've inherited yeah. from. Yeah, yeah from and I mean, you know, I have a three year old, and I'm I'm conscious of. I try to be conscious of what I'm passing to her, and I know that I'm going to pass down some fears and judgments to her. I mean, I'm just human, and there's not you know I'm 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 not perfect, and so I know there's going to be things that she's going to have a certain perspective on some things in life mm-hmm. that she got from me that isn't as healthy as it as it could be, and that's going to be something for you know that hopefully she has. Uh, I teach her also to have awareness and introspection to sort of scan and see yes this belief serves me and i can see where it benefits me and then well you know what what my dad was saying about this like it doesn't really vibe with me i don't really believe that for myself Mm -hmm. and then hopefully she has the 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 courage to wear on a new belief right right. and see if that works for her and you know i think that it is what it is and when we kind of accept that we've been handed down stuff from parents who love us right parents are guardians teachers mentors you know they love us and like everybody's got something got some stuff and so right right yeah you can then take the responsibility on yourself to examine okay where is this belief coming from and and do i want to shift it because you can change beliefs like the same way you change a shirt yeah yeah (laughs) you can change the beliefs you can try on a new one and see if it works for you and if it does cool keep it if it doesn't discard it and try on a different one and i feel like when we get to a certain age it's your responsibility to examine your beliefs yeah definitely you can't you can't go life blaming um you know people that had maybe limited resources or people that that's all they knew 
as well you know and i'm talking about you know parents in a sense because you gotta think that yeah like everybody does them up too <laughs> yeah yeah it's like at yeah. some point you know i i am playing for kind of stopping the chain of things getting passed down yeah that, that um need a lot of work to heal or evolve beyond sometimes and, somebody has to in a yeah. generation um for it to be better um, now, now for you, Matthew. How was that um, conversation with your parents? How did that? Um, how did that go for you? Uh, the sex talk. Yeah, the sex talk. <laughs> yeah. The sex talk. The birds and the bees. Yeah, um, bees. it was with my dad. I was um, in elementary school, and it was very short. He oh. just sort of asked me, "Do you know about sex?" <laughs> and I, I remember saying yes, and very awkwardly and uncomfortably saying yes. I don't really remember what was said after that, but I know the conversation ended shortly after that. Oh dang! Do you know so, about sex? Yes. Don't have it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It, it might have been something like that, and but I you know I don't remember all the specifics. I just remember feeling comfortable. I remember that it was at a certain house, and so I can date it, right? So okay. I wasn't yet in middle school, and um, it was short and my parents come from a medical background mom's a nurse my dad's a doctor so i imagine that the conversation probably took sort of a medical slant maybe like uh, this happens and this happens and that happens you okay. know and um but again i don't remember all those details but i do remember feeling uncomfortable <laughs> yeah was your dad uncomfortable too do you remember i know you were so little uh, i don't if he was i wouldn't have i don't think i would have picked up on it at that age okay you know um he maybe was internally but he could just kind of be you know stoic with it when he needed to okay do you now, have any siblings two sisters younger okay no was that was that it like nothing else from down it? the line nothing no other talk no. um i think i remember around the time i became sexually active in like my late teen years being told like don't get your girlfriend pregnant oh okay that's it <laughs> that was your sex talk oh, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there wasn't Pull out <laughs> yeah there wasn't um, method. there wasn't a, a, a that conversation didn't happen in my house i got a lot of that education from porn and yeah, by education yeah. i'm saying that with quotes <laughs> yeah, I yeah i got a lot of exposure yeah. to the act of sex and then gotcha. i you in turn soaked up a lot of what i saw how people interacted and that was education and then movies and tv kind of fed you know that sort of um that model, that model. yeah i feel like whether your parents have a talk with you or not like you're you're gonna learn about sex regardless whether it be oh, from yeah. your friends or from friends porn, too. from yeah. movies from like walking by Victoria's Secret <laughs> asking mm -hmm. questions about like why girls are wearing that and it's like well um, you see <laughs> movies are the worst yeah way like, to learn about sex because it's just fake yeah. there's nothing yeah, real about it's, it it's it's ex it's extremely superficial like when you look at it like from like hollywood like perspectives and stuff it's tough yeah. when you don't yeah. know that though as a 10 year old yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. right like job has never been that good like which, which one a blowjob like you oh know how they God. make it at the movie scenes <laughs> honestly that, i'm just I, saying I, I, you know what? i have to agree with you yeah like, they make it yeah. seem like and it's not my favorite thing so i guess just for me personally but when i saw it i'm like oh i don't get the hype i don't get it but <laughs> yeah. it's just me i guess <laughs> yeah i won't jump on that one i won't jump on that one but <laughs> speak for yourself you know it's just i'm just kidding i i you you're, you're totally right though like friends yeah i remember having friends who were doing way more stuff than i did and because i wasn't doing those things and nobody was 
asking me to do those things with them, it kind of fed this belief that there was something different and wrong with me. And that kind of, I imagine, made porn even more attractive because now I can do my stuff in my own you know, in, in my own privacy. Whereas if I start talking to other people about what I'm actually experiencing in life, well, they're like, what, what the hell's wrong with you? We're over here, you know, making out and having sex and doing all that. And I'm not doing any of that. So it kind of helped me not, not helped, but it created this environment where I just wanted to get all of that exposure to that world of sex and sexuality in my privacy through movies and porn rather than even talking about it with friends. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I see. Okay. I feel like that's something that happens to a lot of people. Like well, that seems like, like I'm actually almost 100% certain that a lot of people go through the same thing. I know it. I, yeah. I talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Were your parents yeah. religious at all? Um, not really. I mean, we grew up in a, a Catholic household. My mom was Catholic. And so, okay, so definitely not religious. Well, like we went to, you know, we went to church and, and, um, on Sundays and I went to, it was called CCD. It was like a Wednesday church class. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, in the Catholic church, they it's abstinence and yeah. it's, you know, sin and repent and all of those <laughs> different things. So yeah. I remember that stuff being told to me, but, um, I didn't, I didn't internalize it and I didn't identify with it. And th I did, however, I remember having this belief that I wasn't going to have sex until marriage. And so at the time I was like, I'm not gonna get married till I'm like 30. Right. So I'm a, you know, I was a 12, 13 year old kid being like, I have 17 fucking years before I have sex. Oh my gosh, you were thinking about it at that age? Uh, about sex? 13? Yeah, like 12. Wait, what's your sign? Yeah, no, like What's me my too. sign? Yeah. Cancer. Okay. Oh God, don't go I like to, no, this is, I'm, I know, <laughs> I'm trying my best. Cancers? I'm trying my best. These are just so, questions that so I love to ask. Going back you know, to, um, you know how you mentioned, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, right. I had this in my head and I want to get it out. So um, you said how you kind of didn't uh, have sex. You didn't, you weren't talking about that with your friends because you had the pornography in a sense of, it was kind of like you're put yourself in a show or you kind of like, um, I would say word. so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. I don't think I didn't talk because I, because I was watching porn. It was like, I didn't have friends who were talking about that. Oh, okay. That just wasn't what we were talking about. Okay. You know, when I was that age, I was into soccer and that's all I, that's all I did. I just yeah. played soccer. So the friends that I had, we were talking about Ninja Turtles and Star Wars movies and soccer. We weren't talking about, gotcha. <laughs> about girls. Well, yeah. Like, well, I, see for, for me, it was like, so I went through something similar because to me, it was like, I'm, I'm the youngest of three, um, three boys and they all had um children at a very young age they they had sex at a very young age um and so it kind of traumatized me in a bit because i was like i associated that with i mean because it's a struggle to have a, a child at that age how old were they you know, they were 16 and 19 so um, you saw you saw teenagers yes, having yes. kids and it was like a, a struggle for me or i'm sorry uh, traumatizing for me in a sense because i was like i don't want that like i don't I, mm -hmm. it, it's like you know having kids is definitely a blessing when you're ready and so I associated that with a bad thing and I kind of put myself in like a, um, I guess I, I isolated myself from that event ever happening until I was uh, o over 18. But, you know, it's just something that you kind of have to deal with in, in a, because of a lack of education, um, because of a lack of uh, talking about it. Yeah, I mean, I was not having mature conversations about sex. Today I have very mature conversations about sex. And so, you know, again, I'm raising a daughter and I want to have very mature conversations about sex with her so that this topic doesn't seem as taboo. 
because right. if anything like that got brought up with my parents and my family, I wanted to deflect. Yeah. Nope. I know everything. That's probably why I said that to my dad. I didn't know shit. I was 10 years old or whatever. It was. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I know because I didn't want to talk about it because I felt so uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I'm looking to shift with, with my kids. It's I want to, to break that tradition of feeling massively uncomfortable around sex to where we can't even talk about it. I want to, to, I want it to not be a taboo subject. It's only taboo because people say it needs to be taboo. Right, right. And that's one of those things, again, it's like, well, who says? Why can't we talk about sex the same way we talk about what we ate for dinner? Yeah. It's something okay. that everybody thinks about. It's something mm-hmm. that everybody's doing. It's something that when you walk in the mall, you see sex selling stuff. Exactly. Oh, so, yeah. So the advertisements for lingerie or whatever. It's used in so many ways, but very few of them are healthy and mature. Yeah. Yeah. Now, going back to when you were having those conversations with your friends, uh, do you looking at today? Do you think they were exaggerating? Do you think they actually were doing that stuff, or do, or do you think they were just saying that because they thought that everybody was doing that as well? Both. I know that some kids were exaggerating because I was exaggerating, <laughs> and some kids were doing that shit because I saw pictures. Okay. Okay. I remember a dude on my bus in middle school. He went to like Panama City, Florida, Destin, Florida, whatever. Oh, and he came back with printed photos. What? This was, you know, this is pre cell phone printed photos that somebody at CVS or whatever had to print a yep. photo oh, of a 14 year old <laughs> on the breast of another teenage girl. And he showed that shit to me. And I was like, it just blew my mind. Like, I was yeah. not, I mean, we were the same age. We were neighbors. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything close to that. Wow. (laughs) And here he is showing a picture. So I believe it was both kids exaggerating like crazy and then kids actually doing the stuff. That reminds me of um, (laughs) when I was uh, in middle school, this kid was like, dude, dude, look, look, I found this like, like somewhere like in the neighborhood in in the bushes. And it's true. Like him and his friends found this in the bushes. It was like a pornographic magazine. They found it in the bushes and then they left it in the bushes where they found it and they're like yo yo after school because like their bus stop was like like two like two stops before mine so it was like a mile walk so like as soon as i got dropped off at my bus stop i just walked um to their neighborhood i'm like yo yo where is it and there's like a whole bunch of them like dude it's in here it's in here like pulled it out of the bush and they're like dude look at these naked girls i'm like yeah and oh it's my like god it's something that has to be secret right. that you felt yeah. wrong about probably that there's no way in hell you tell your parents because you get in a ton of trouble yeah and it's you know again it's that topic like if you can't approach it in a, in a mature way i get it why you want to keep it so sacred and so secret yeah. and so off limits and forbidden. That's probably why they kept it in the bushes. Yeah. <laughs> Where they found Somebody it. else was like, dang it, where's my, where's, where's my, my porn, porn stash? <laughs> Absolutely. Somebody was pissed that yeah. they jumped oh, yeah. porn. A bunch of 13 year old boys found their porn stash in the bushes. Well, the I stash remember. of other 13 year old boys. Cause oh they were like, God. we're not going to keep it at home. We got to keep it in the bushes. <laughs> exactly. Like the community library. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember like being, I think in fourth grade when I was exposed to porn and it was Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z. Oh my my God. Yes. That's so funny. Yeah. And and there was a kid who printed out the pictures and will pass them out in the playground. And I'm like, Teddy, excuse me. What is this? (laughs) What is this? (laughs) You know, and um, he got in trouble. I remember. And 
it's just funny to me like at the young age and i cannot imagine today with the access of cell phones yeah it's crazy you know right in my day we had to dial up like it it was a process to go online yeah i remember teddy the process that he had to go through <laughs> to get those Sailor Moon Dragon Balls. 47 minutes to download that image. Oh, exactly. He was up. hustling at fifth. I'm, I'm sorry, 47 grade. hours. <laughs> I was in somebody uh, pick up the phone. I was in elementary school and I lived in California at the time. And I remember um, the babysitter of one of my friends, it was a male. And he found at my friend's house a book called The Joy of Sex. And so he was looking at the book and my buddy and I were behind the the like the lazy boy chair looking over his shoulder as the babysitter was flipping through the book. Totally not what you're supposed to be doing when you're watching kids, right? Right. And so I remember like, okay, this is a book. So we took a class field trip to Barnes and Noble and I went into the section and I brought all my friends and I found the book. <laughs> And so we're on the floor of Barnes and Noble with the book open oh, as we're just flipping God. through Joy of Sex and then teacher rolls up and it's oh, like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> so this was pre Sailor Moon and, yeah. and Dragon Ball. We were looking oh, at Joy out. of Sex book <laughs> and Dang. definitely, you know, oh, got in trouble. But God. again, it was like, and it, you know, there was what was interesting about that. It was before I, I knew that I learned that that was something bad. Yeah. Right? Oh, this, man. This guy was. We were, he was just showing us some stuff in a yeah, book nice. and I just went and did the same thing. I saw someone and then, the, you know, I got in trouble. So it's like, I learned that, no, you're not supposed to do that. It's bad. You know, what's so funny. I was little, so I was kind of immature. And I mean, obviously my, <laughs> I remember going to my sister's house, my older sister and say, Hey, can I use a computer? And just like, she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go to Sailor Moon X. That's all. And she's like nonchalant. You know, I don't, in my mind, it's normal, I guess. It's so me just reflecting right now and so speaking to y'all. I remember that day and my sister just goes, okay, well, what is it? And she just sees Sailor Moon busting it open in there. And oh then, my God, are you serious? I swear to God. And I, I don't, it was, I guess, so uncomfortable for her because I guess I was 10. Uh-huh. Yeah. That I don't think she knew how to react as well, but she just let me. And I guess, you know what it is? She's like, oh, he's a guy. And I guess encouraging because you're a male. Okay, that's okay for you to do. But no, it's actually so unhealthy for somebody <laughs> to be watching. You know, right. my yeah. childhood was ruined. Like now freaking every time I saw Sailor Moon in my screen. <laughs> it was like, dang. Yeah. What if she was naked? exactly but it's 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 not um but now that we're talking about that topic about like porn and porn hub and the amount of porn that we get thrown out at us in today's day and age um i was listening actually to this really cool podcast which i wish i remember the name but um it was about a guy who uh like most people watches so much porn that the i guess i think he was 16 or something and the language that you know they use in porn they're like oh uh, i'm going to rape you you know that's the type of language they use in some of the i don't know what you guys watch but um <laughs> in his first sexual experience he was a very introverted guy and um he wasn't you know used to talking to girls and whatever and when he thought he was trying to make a move on this girl he said oh i want to rape you and this till this day he is now listed as um sex offender and he can't get a job he can't like he can't and it's it's a it's been a nightmare for him and he's now of age but because of that one mistake he made at that age and all because he was mimicking of what that that porn that he watched uh 
you know, this is what's happening to him. Oh. It's just crazy the the amount of porn that we're getting that we think that that's normal. That this is I don't know. I I I um I didn't watch too much porn myself. Um, I'd never. I guess because of my mom, you know, she she's so religious and she's like, oh, don't watch porn you're going to hell. But, you know, I was <laughs> going to hell anyways. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's like an interesting story, right? Because I believe that there's healthy porn, there's unhealthy porn, right? I, I don't believe that it's all just terrible and bad. I believe it's all in your maturity and the context and how you're using it. Like there's, you know, there's people out there who are making some, some films that it's coming from a mature place. It's coming from a healthy place. Mm -hmm. I've seen stuff like that. I've seen different directors who have been very intentional about creating, you know, a beautiful scene. Right. And then of course there's the stuff out there that is the, what you, what you were describing. Yeah. And I think when you look at it as it simply is, it just simply is. And then we get to layer on how we feel about it because not everybody's going to agree that all porn is terrible or all porn is great or this is all healthy and that that's a that's you know everybody has their different perspective on it right. but it's like how are you going to use it how are you going to approach it it's like for example today i was in the kitchen i was using a knife i was using the knife to cut up a lime the knife is a knife right sometimes that knife could cut a person could be used to kill a person does the knife mm -hmm. is the knife bad no, sometimes you could use it to cut a line. It's people, right? It's it's a kind of a lame analogy, but you get what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I kind of view that type of thing the same way because there's it's a whole no, spectrum that's, that's, of. That's a good way to put it. I mean, I think I think um, with anything really, because it's it's with about anything. yeah, it's about how humans. It's about it. how you're using it. It's yeah. about your maturity level, and I think that what you experienced and what I experienced was that we were two very we were not that was not something that we had the maturity to handle. No. Right. Yeah. Right. And yes, there's some people who make material that is like, damn, that material is not healing. That is not there's there's nothing empowering about that, right? Right. And understanding that, you know, at certain ages you just do not have the capacity to view and be exposed to that and walk away elevated. Like you walk away and you feel it in your soul that something has just been oof, like dumped on you. Like, you know, and, and, and I think that's it's like if you were to give keys to a car to an eight year old, they don't have the maturity to be able to handle that. No. They're going to run that shit right off the road. But somebody else has the more maturity to be able to handle something of that much responsibility. And I think sex requires to, to approach sex in a healthy way requires responsibility, requires maturity. But there's nothing that we have to go through in order to gain that responsibility or maturity, we literally are just, we jump in and like, my first sexual experience, I was 17, right? And I was with another teenager. Not, no, neither of us had any education about how to approach sex from a mature way. We were two like novices coming together and forming these experiences and we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. <laughs> like right. where else do you have that it's like speak for you yourself know, how did that <laughs> oh okay <laughs> oh shit <laughs> no, I'm sorry, okay. any, no 16 oh, year old knows what the fuck they're doing yeah yeah <laughs> you just don't have the perspective you don't have you aren't fully developed there's not the maturity there there's no way you could have that approach to sex and be able to because that's literally creates lives yeah yeah, yeah. you've experienced it it mm -hmm. creates lives yeah. and that type of power is wielded by individuals teenagers on up because there's yeah. people who are 30 40 50 who have that same teenage mentality or even preteen mentality around sex because it's never evolved they got locked in when they were in middle school 
and they've never reapproached the subject because it's taboo because it makes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So your perspective on it gets locked in, your maturity level gets locked in, and that's how you ride the rest of your life. You know, um, going back to what Daniel said earlier about being traumatized about, about his brothers, like having kids so young, um, there is something similar for me in that aspect. Not that my brother, I mean, I have two older brothers, but one of them has kids, but he's married, but you know, that's not important. Um, <laughs> well, um, my, my eighth grade year in high school, eighth grade year in high school, that doesn't make any sense. My eighth grade year in middle school, <laughs> um, there was a pregnant girl in my class. 13 years old eighth she grade. was pregnant mm. eighth grade yeah it was just like the most shocking thing ever was it my cousin oh god no the shade yeah it was super awkward like having this like pregnant girl just like walk around school like 13 years old and that then, must have been a rough yeah, experience dude, I, I had the same thing actually in, yeah. in eighth grade really yeah. yeah yeah it was so weird and then um she like after she had her kid she wasn't in school for like i don't know like a week or two and then she like came back and she had this like photo album of like her baby and like her <laughs> in the hospital yeah she was like showing <laughs> everyone can't. yeah it's like oh my god this is it's oh wild this See, is I, I, can, I can remember yeah, like babies um, having babies yeah. yeah and then there was this other kid who like rumors were going around that he was like having sex with his girlfriend in the bathroom and it was true because he got caught by one of the teachers <laughs> and they both got like suspended or expelled or I, I don't know what happened but they were they had been having sex in the bathroom for weeks until they finally got caught I mean, because you're going to experiment because yeah. people say you're not yeah. supposed to, because it feels good because all the different yeah. things. And it's like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, see, I can, I can remember power. this time also where, um, there's this, there's a certain girl that I knew and I think, I think it was in high school. Well, she'd had, she'd been having sex since middle school. And I think she was at least a year older than, than everybody else. Cause I think she failed. Not a good track record Stays for her. Also my cousin. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> not, also cousin. not a good track record for her. Um, but I remember her kind of talking about it with this other girl and i think it was just more of like a, a stamp a standpoint of curiosity from the other girl who was who was a virgin and it's like oh well you know i, I didn't pay attention to it because it wasn't my conversation but i, I just I, I was in the middle of it because you know i was sitting between them and i was just kind of like okay but <laughs> but I'm, I'm more so focusing on how you know we we why why do we have those conversations with um i think a parent it shows like a lack of understanding from from the kid yeah who didn't know um and i mean it, it could lead to like oh well you know it's gonna be like this like this it's gonna be great and then she has sex and then you know it could ruin her life possibly um and i mean i just i, I, don't, even, I don't even know where to begin like with that sometimes because like what can somebody do in that situation what should somebody do um for ourselves or for our kids even. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because if the parents don't have the maturity to be able to have that healthy conversation, yeah, then they're not gonna pass that down to the kids. And of course the kids aren't gonna have it. So, you know, I, I definitely believe that it's, it's uh, you know, for me, I, I was an adult as I began to look at that and, and reflect and be taught and have different experiences that allowed me to mature more fully and allowed me to approach sex and that that whole and everything sex and intimacy from a more healthy way and so now i'm able to have those conversations with my daughter have very different conversations than you know that than i had as a kid and then i imagine some of the kids she's going to interact with has so you know i believe there's a starting point there 
have the conversations with with the folks who are then going to go down and influence right. the next are you, generation. Are you having this conversation with kid now? No. Oh, okay. I was about to say, I was like, how do you approach that? Oh. But there's different things. Like, for example, you know, if I, if I, if she sees me naked, mm -hmm. I don't, and she runs over and it's like, daddy, what's that in between your legs? <laughs> right? Like right, it starts right. that young. Cause you might yeah, be yeah. like, no, that's wrong. Get you're, away from me. Curious. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. She's come up and grabbed my penis. But you know what I mean? I'm like, cause it's for her, it's but nothing. It's exactly. It's the same as <laughs> right. grabbing my finger. Don't yeah. ruin that. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. And so you have an opportunity there to be like, uh, and I realized like, wow, you know what? I can implant some, some thought in her head that mm -hmm. that is bad. You know what I mean? If I were to hit her arm or say, no, don't do that. And so it's, it, no, I'm like, wow, you know what? There's a big responsibility because she's soaking everything up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And for her, she's incredibly just innocent, right? There's, you know, she's, she's like this blank piece of clay and myself and my wife and the people we, that we put around our daughter and the things that she sees just puts imprints in that clay. Yeah. Right. And some of those imprints are going to be there forever. Yeah. And so when it comes to the human body, very open. When it comes to in the future conversations, you know, we will have open conversations with her to the level that she is able to handle and understand. You know, it's not like, great, you're 10, here's everything, boom. Right. No, right. it's like, all right, let's understand where she's at and her maturity and her ability to comprehend. And let's have some honest conversations because the only way to shift things is to have fucking honest conversations, not to just continue the cycle of judgment and shame and guilt that I'm sure everybody here has experienced in some way, shape or form. I could never imagine myself having a conversation about sex with my mom, but oh. I remember. <laughs> I get it. Um, I remember her telling my sisters, uh, one of my sisters. I think she was seventeen or nineteen at the time, and she was like, "Don't go around, like, go sleeping with that guy." Blah blah blah. You're gonna get pregnant, and that's how my nieces act today because of that one night, the same night that she told her that. But. Um, just talking about it right now i hated that me hearing sex like i think with daniel happened too is it's relating to having a child to reproduce you know like sex can be about pleasure like dolphins do it for pleasure too why can't we like you know um it's just it's just um there's such a like taboo to it it's always seemed like a bad thing like a um it's like it was, it's just one of those things that's like you have to do it i mean it depends of your background mm -hmm. like everybody that's in true. this room has different views um but like you know some people believe that they have to save that for marriage and you know we all have different views um i just want to go back to uh what age did you start consuming porn and did you consume it a lot and did you find that to be a healthy thing for you or an unhealthy thing for you Uh, for me, I would say started around 10, 11 years old. Okay. Um, probably not a lot to begin with. It ramped up later, especially as I got a, a computer. Mm -hmm. yeah, and the internet uh, started evolving. Yeah. And the, I mean, I remember <laughs> downloading stuff on Napster and it took a day. <laughs> oh, oh, you man. know, and so yeah, LimeWire. And there's, there's, it was absolutely unhealthy. There's no way I was going to be able to have a healthy context around it. No fucking way. Right, right. I couldn't, you know, I just did not have the maturity to be able to view that and understand what was happening and understand that it was fiction. Understand that these people were playing roles. Yeah. Understand that the things they were saying were not 
things that people actually say to each other, understand that the way that the woman is responding is not how women actually respond. Mm -hmm. There's no way because I didn't have somebody next to me to explain any of that. Yeah. So I simply interpreted everything I saw as truth. And the more porn I watch, the more truth you get. Right, like one of the things in porn, you don't see dudes with small dicks. Everybody mm -hmm. has a dick bigger than this mic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> much bigger. Yeah, and so you see that enough times, you start to believe. Well, fuck, what? Right, what right. the hell? You well, know, what's wrong with, with my dick? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you never and you never see a, a, an unerect penis. There's no mm -hmm. flaccid penises in porn. They're all rock hard. What you don't see yeah. is that the, whatever the hell they're doing behind the scenes to pump it up and keep it hard. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Which I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because, um, I, again, I was listening to this really amazing podcast that I wish I had the name for it and I forgot. I'm sorry. It's been a while. But um, they were basically going, it was like, I think it was called the Butterfly Effect of Pornhub. And um, some of these porn stars, they're right next to the models, I guess, if you want to call them, and they cannot get hard. Like what you said, the things that they have to do to get hard is because they um their mentality they just don't even it, it uh i can't explain it basically like it doesn't excite them anymore because they do it so much and that's all they know and it's just nothing they're like desensitized to, to sex yeah and, and to literally intimacy. the model is right in front of them and they can get hard they have to they have you know like how they get hard Viagra? they go watch no. porn <laughs> yeah while on set over porn oh damn yeah, wow set. that is and interesting yeah and so it's it's uh it's very unhealthy it, it also for guys if we want to talk about you know men's health um a lot of men today millennials and they're, they're getting ed at a younger age because of the amount of porn they get exposed to i mean there's more of masturbation it. I would imagine. Yeah, out of masturbation. Yeah. You're right. Because of the amount of porn they watch, right? Of, they consume. They consume so much of it that um, just nothing excites them anymore because everything in, in what you see on TV for the most part is unrealistic and it's all production. And like you said, you have to learn how to separate that. This is just a fantasy that they actually don't last that long. They're not fucking for like 10 minutes or 20 minutes. It's like, you know, it's a, it's all a production. Some people cannot separate that from reality. And that's what we're having so much today of uh, young males, like under 35 already experiencing. I have a friend who, by the age of 30, he was experiencing that, but he watched porn every morning. I'm like, what? Dude, yeah, I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, and I couldn't understand it because, um, I mean, like, I think like almost teenagers, um, you know, they look at porn to experience. And I went through a phase like that, I guess, when I was 16 or so. But I stopped. I stopped myself because at that point I was kind of religious. I was like, no, God's watching me like <laughs> <laughs> type of thing. So in a way that helped me. And I and I always told myself, like, I don't want to depend on porn to turn me on. Like, I'll turn myself on, you know, Um that's, but yeah, I mean, some 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 guys are experiencing that today at a young age because porn is one of the main reasons why. Because, like you said, they they masturbate to an unrealistic fantasy. But so, Matthew, let me ask you this as well. Um, you know, uh, so far what I can tell is that you you got your um, most of your education from porn, and like Caesar said, it's it's a very unhealthy. Um, and like we've been talking, it's a very unhealthy um, model or very unhealthy. Um, teacher and how did that affect your relationships uh you know into an adult and just just growing up whether intimate being intimate or just emotionally as well 
I think uh, it impacted my views of what a man should be and how a man should be um, in terms of being uh, confident, having a certain amount of, of prowess and presence in general, not just in the bedroom. Um, it impacted the what how I viewed the dynamic of men and women in relationships, right? It impacted the dynamic of how I viewed sex, that this is how it's supposed to go. And so that then had a direct influence in relationships, 100%. Because what I thought I was supposed to be, you know, this, this, this like uber machismo dude who is just a rock star in the bedroom every single time, who is able to conquer a woman, mm -hmm. conquer their partner. And she's supposed to respond in a certain way that indicates that I did my job because that was my the picture i had and that was not what was happening then all sorts of all sorts of stuff all You're sorts feeling of feeling like shit of course just tons of doubt massive insecurity right huge hits to my personal confidence and self-esteem and i think it just fueled in some weird way i don't I, w I don't understand how or why it would happen that way but it would kind of fuel the fixation with it right and i and i you know I did definitely get to a point where I would watch porn every day. I don't know how long that lasted, but it was probably sometime in college. And, uh, and that was, I could, I recognized that was unhealthy and it was porn and weed. Those are the two things that I would turn to. And it was a moment when I recognized that a buddy, a bunch of my friends were going to go out and watch a movie. And I said, I bailed on them, made some bullshit excuse so I could sit home and smoke and watch porn. And I remember Man. in like days later, or maybe in the moment, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like this, <laughs> yeah. what I'm doing right it's now like is- you're a drug addict for it, you're an addict for it. You, you, would you say you were an addict? Or no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't okay. use that word because that, that's a heavy word to use, Okay, right? Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of, of um, connotation that goes with it. Uh, plus, isn't that typically a diagnosis? Right, like True. I was never True. diagnosed anything like that. I had, I had a strong attachment, 100%, very attached. And so, just the the images about myself and about relationships and about women all of that stuff that I, that i developed through watching porn and not just porn because again all the things that i saw were reinforced in tv everything i saw was reinforced in the other media that i watched i think it can be reinforced in life too because yeah. um well back to how um just bringing back how you you said that everybody exaggerated about it when they were kids I think everybody still exaggerates about it. I think some men still exaggerate. A hundred percent. You know, whether definitely. it's like double the number of people that they've slept with. I slept or, with five, but no, right. I've actually slept with 10. Right, right. Whatever <laughs> it is. Or even just how they perform with their partner, with their wives. And <laughs> people say they'll go all night long. Yeah. All night fucking long. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like eight hours. Is it? But it's in rap songs. It's in not just rap. It's just in, it's in music and TV. It's like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, and I, I totally agree with you. It's like if you're not performing like this, then you're not doing it right. Yeah. It's like no. you're not a man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If she isn't coming multiple times and screaming her head off and squirting across the room. Oh, geez. You aren't a man. Yeah, no. Seriously, I mean, that's that's sort of the stuff that gets laid out there. And if there isn't any other healthy context around it and you look at that and you believe it, then yeah, it's going to do some shit to you. That's hilarious. I just literally learned the other day we we're having a conversation with my friends like... <laughs> 
<laughs> this is how we introduced ourselves in our group of friends. We're like, oh, so what's your, uh, for bringing somebody new into the group, what's your favorite porn to watch or what turns you on? And just, those are our icebreakers. <laughs> and I, I didn't know how a woman came. I was like, how, what do you guys do? Because, you know, as a guy, you come, something comes out of you. I'm like, is it the same for girls? And I was so confused. And she had to explain to me that it's just a sensation they feel then. Then we talked about other stuff like <laughs> scoring and stuff. And I was just like, okay, but I don't know. I'm sorry. I just reminded me because I, I you know, th th I just thought that was funny. Sorry. But hey, at least there's questions being asked. Yeah. I mean, otherwise you just assume something that you might see. And again, it might be theatrics, you know, and you just assume that's, that's how it is. What is your favorite porn to watch? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, sorry, oh, different geez. podcasts. Uh, if you ask me, I like the production side of it. Like, I like a story behind it. Like, delivering, like the mailman delivering, yeah, delivering man. a pizza, <laughs> and stuff like that. Pizza. Like, but, anyways, well, I'd like to go into your um, your relationship right now. Um, I'm just kind of curious how because when we spoke before we started um, today's recording, you mentioned that was a way of healing for you. That was a way for you to kind of come to terms with who you, well, not entirely, but part of it. All right. You said part of it. Yeah. Um, so how does that, how does that make you feel? How does that work for you? The healing part? Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> we could talk first about what um, sexual energy is one of the things that we were talking about before we hit record last time. That, that too. And for for myself and my wife we view sexual energy as something very uh, powerful and very real okay and that through the utilization of sexual energy you can create healing and so that i think is what you were referencing like the healing aspect yeah, of yeah of sex and you know the the idea of of energy is not something that either of us made up i mean that concept of people being able to channel and flow energy is you know, it's, it's thousands of year, years old in all sorts of different cultures. I mean, you talk about uh, chi, right? You've mm -hmm. heard of like people, you yeah. know, chi energy, right? Chakras. Yeah. Chakras, exactly. So the concept of, of, you know, people having these different energy centers and being able to learn how to connect with those energy centers and just and feel it within your body and, and then move that energy. That's something that I'm not, you know, it's, it's, it's been around. And so I had no association between that and sex for the vast majority of my life okay first and of all i thought it was pronounced chai no but it's, it's no chi. it's chi. you know what's so funny that you reminded me of that when i went to boarding school for the first time when i was 14 my mom i think she had read a books about certain you know releasing energy or something like that <laughs> and she when she dropped me off um she told me hey whenever you're feeling any desires and you know in her own terms she never she was uncomfortable saying sex or whatever and whenever you're feeling desires just channel that energy and like she will point down here and just 
put it in your heart. <laughs> so basically what she's telling me whenever I was feeling, you know, the particular way to reject I, that I energy like that and before. put it towards your heart. And little 14 year old me was over there like, okay, I'm feeling some type of way, but yeah. my mom told me to bring this to my heart. <laughs> and I did that and I will practice, I guess that's what she was trying to teach me. But um, now I channel that energy in another way. <laughs> <laughs> His heart was probably like, like pumping really hard. <laughs> yeah. He donated blood for, uh, for for a lot of people that day. Yes. <laughs> blood is flowing to all the right places. <laughs> but I do like energy, and I, I do yoga, and I do believe in that stuff as well, um, to an, to some extent. And I think it is a healthy thing to practice, in my opinion. So, so that energy, um, I'm trying to kind of understand it even more. I, I kind of want to associate it to like you know how. Well, we're younger than well, me and Jose are younger than you, so it's like you know that everybody's always like you know, oh, that's that's such a good vibe, you know, kind of kind of something like that, or like yeah. just like you kind of enjoy somebody's company or like how you're feeling around them, um, and a, a kind of an emotional connection as well, something similar to that. Uh, I, th- I think it's deeper than emotional. Okay, um, I think emotions can can give you indication of someone's energy and different things. Like I think when you really trust your intuition, you can kind of feel someone's vibe, like you said, mm-hmm. and just get a, get a read for energy and just be like, all right, cool. That's not energy. I'm, I'm want to be around. Gotcha. Right. And that's, you know, there's, there's awareness that comes with being able to trust emotion and, and, and trust your intuition and like feel things in your gut. And I am not the, I'm not the, the, the person to like, explain all of this mm-hmm. stuff okay i see i am somebody who read it and was very curious about it and just kept seeing the same types of things show up in all these different books throughout all these different separate cultures okay and then would see different mentions of of energy and sexual energy even in things that were, weren't eastern correct so i'm talking about you know uh the taoist books and i'm talking about uh, things in hindu culture and um, tantra and all those different things and chakras right they all talk about energy and being able to move and flow energy so i remember reading um napoleon hill very famous business book uh he's the author think and grow rich and in think and grow rich he talks about sexual energy right this guy who's writing this book Um, I don't know when he wrote it, um, but it's a business book and he talks about the importance of being connected with that energy and being able to utilize that energy. And so it was really interesting to see those Eastern ideas, which are old, being infused into something very Western, very, you know, capitalist around making money. And so it was... I don't know, around those college days, post-college into working and things that I got very deep into just exploring for myself and i come out of a breakup and i experienced a lot of the the um the consequences of some of the thoughts that i held around relationships and you know all the things that were developed over those years of of porn and watching and and sort of society and coming out of that breakup i just went really deep into working on myself and i started to explore all sorts of different things and i started to read all sorts of different books and it was that kind of gave me it exposed me to these different ideas and these different things that up until that point, I never would have believed in any of that stuff. You know, I was very much like, if I can see it, I'll believe it. Okay. A man of little faith is who I was before then. Right. And it was like, it needs to be, you know, I need to see it scientifically and needs to be proven and all these different things, which when you start talking about the chakras and all that, I mean, 
you know, for, for most minds, it's like, you can't see it. Science, our science doesn't measure it, so it yeah. can't exist. Yeah. And so, but then there's a whole, anyway, so that was sort of what got me into first exposure on those types of ideas. And then it was further down the road where I, I, I learned about the sexual component and being able to utilize that energy and move that energy through intercourse. And today where I'm at, I view the, the purpose of sex far beyond procreation yeah. or pleasure or duty. You know, sex is used for a lot of different things and, you know, people view it as a way to make kids. And that's the only reason to have sex to make kids. Other people look at it as pleasure. It's just to feel good or when you're bored and then a sense of duty, like you're married and that's what you're supposed to do. Some people pay their bills that way. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, so there's nothing so, wrong with yeah, that. No, so no, power, no. that's a thing. People totally True. use sex mm -hmm. for power. And then you mentioned addiction. People are definitely addicted to that. And so I, I believe that there's an evolution and that that sexual energy and the purpose of sex can be for healing, can be for manifesting, can be for creating sustained feelings of joy throughout your life. And so that was a, a shift in the way that I viewed sex. And once that, once I kind of understood and experienced that shift, then what I, I view it today, again, healing, manifesting, sustained joy. And the byproduct of that is the pleasure aspect, right? You know, feeling connected with other people, but that energy and being able to, to connect with that energy for myself is, is far beyond just getting off. What happened in, uh, if I may ask, in that relationship that caused you to break up and caused you to go on this journey of, you know, being so, for lack of better words, obsessed with learning about this, the chakra and all those energies, did something in that relationship happen that made you seek this other methods or, or stuff like that? No, so I'll, I'll address the, the two things. The first was the relationship ended for a lot of reasons, okay. right? Like there's a lot of things that I did, there was things that she did and the relationship just wasn't a healthy one. And so when she ended it, it sucked, right? And it, it threw me for, for a lot, you know, but I look back on that and I understand, I totally get it, you know what I mean? And so there's a lot of different things. One of them was withholding withholding uh how i was feeling withholding information withholding things from her some of the things were the watching porn and not wanting her to know and not telling her okay. and using the porn as like if i felt that she slighted me then i might be like okay fine i'm gonna go watch porn tonight like that'll fuck up a relationship right so the relationship ended for all those different reasons and it wasn't that i went to then seek out the chakras or, or I learned about it and then went deep into a rabbit hole. It was, I, instead of looking externally and saying, you know, she was the reason why she broke up with me. It's all you, blah, blah, blah. I just turned the lens and turned the frame inward and said, you know what? I didn't like how I was showing up in this relationship. I know that I can be a more powerful version of myself. I know that I can be more honest. I know I have opportunity to be more vulnerable. That idea scares the shit out of me. And so I'm going to work on it. You took accountability for that. hundred percent. And I started to just explore and I just got curious on different things. And so I never went down a path of, of deeply studying chakras, anything like that. I wouldn't even say that that's something that I deeply study today, but the, the idea of that, that energy, I absolutely 
you know, experience and have connected with. And that, that came a lot later, but it was just really me wanting to better myself across the board, not just sexually or anything, but physically with my health, emotionally with how I express myself and, Mm -hmm. you know, my internal conversation about myself, confidence, you know, me wanting to better myself mentally and step my game up intellectually. And so I just went on a many, many year journey, which I'm still on to just see where I had areas of opportunity or weakness and just work on it it's never ending <laughs> never ending yeah there's always room for growth yeah absolutely always. i mean i'm 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 different today than i was yesterday yeah 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 you know and it's just constant learning who am i like what do i really know about myself what do i really understand about myself or or the world or the universe and just just opening up my perspective opening my mind and staying in a space of openness and and love and abundance that's what i'm playing for you know speaking of that um like i know before we started recording um daniel said something about you being in an open marriage but that's not what you call it like how like what would you refer to your marriage as i mean you could uh, calling it open marriage is is i guess accurate we have multiple partners Right. And so I view my marriage as one that is very committed towards full expression, very committed towards healing, very committed towards empowerment of myself, empowerment of my wife, uh, very supportive. And because, like I said earlier, we like to be able to define things, you know, there's a label of open, there's a label of polyamorous, there's a label of um, swinger, there's a label of all these different things that, you know, we just want to put ourselves in a box of so, boop, 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 boop. So we don't necessarily associate with any of those. Um, but by definition, you'd probably call it open marriage or maybe even polyamory because, you know, sometimes open, the concept is you can have a partner, but I don't want to know anything about it. Okay, I see. I see. You know what I mean? Or like me, swinger is like, you know, we just, it's just purely about sex. But for us, it's so far beyond. It is, it is not about the sex. Cause again, we're all about that energy. the energy. Yeah. And it's like healing, you know what I mean? And so I want to continue to heal some of those thoughts about myself, some of those patterns, some of those beliefs, whatever. And I'm, I'm playing for my wife to have the same type of healing and we play for unconditional love love without conditions. And so because I love my wife unconditionally, I want her to have the most full experience of her life. Yeah, I think I always was interesting in um, speaking to somebody like yourself because you see so many unhappy marriages today and it's because of that same reason that they don't have the liberty of like, or they do it behind their backs, which is even worse, right? Um, How, for first, I want to know how, where did you meet your wife, and then how did you guys brought that conversation? How did you bring that topic and say, "Hey, uh, we both agree on this," and how did that came about? I met my wife um, at a company we both worked at in 2010. Nine years we've been we've known each other for nine years, dated for seven, married for five. And when we met, neither of us were on, were having any types of conversations or doing anything like we're doing today. We're on the very opposite end of the spectrum. So after we met, we dated for a minute and it was years and years and years later that we met people who had just 
different perspective on relationships and love. Mm -hmm. And we were both in a space of open to different ideas. I was open to hearing them at the time. There was no way in hell I was going to practice any of them. Okay. But I still had my door slightly cracked open because I recognized that if something, again, it goes back to the idea of something that was creating massive discomfort within me and massive anxiety. Yeah. That was a trigger to me and that indicated that there's some shit in there that can be healed and addressed. And for me, I had a ton of jealousy. I had a lot of jealousy in my relationships. I had a lot of, like I mentioned, some self-esteem stuff. All these things were in there that were triggered by these folks that we had met who were just more open and more loving and more abundant than we were. And I just, I was like, you know, I want to go this way and just totally never talk to them again. Mm -hmm. But there's something within me that's like, you know what, that, that anxiety and that feeling of judgment i don't want that to be there anymore yeah. and this and and opening myself up to new conversations mm -hmm. is a potential way for me to address it and heal it and i just held on just by a fucking string to that idea because we started to just talk to these folks and hear about some of the things that other people were doing and hear about different ideas of having multiple partners and start to see like, oh, you know what? That person's really affectionate with that person. That's really interesting. And slowly started to put different pieces together and the picture became bigger. And, you know, that whole time, everything in me wanted to just dip, wanted to not talk to these folks anymore, not associate with them. But I held on to that one little string of because this is scaring me so tremendously, I need to face it. Yeah. Wow. And I still have that view today. And so that takes a lot. That yeah. takes a lot of courage. That takes a lot of just, uh, I feel like your mind and your body were kind of like fighting or something. There's, yeah. there's a very big internal fight right there. I feel like, I mean, when, you know, I'm going to fast forward a while, but when I got into one of my first experiences, like first physical experiences with another person, I was terrified up here absolutely terrified and everything was just telling me like i can't wait for this to end let me get out of here but my body was doing something different mm -hmm. and it was that that conflict that yeah. i was like you know what what the fuck is going on with my body why am i is my mind and i and i understood because i was deep enough into my own um getting to know myself like i understood that i was terrified because what I was about to experience was hitting up against a ton of beliefs mm -hmm. and a ton of stories and a ton of shit that I knew was bullshit. I knew it wasn't true, but it was so ingrained in me that it's like that that's the, the time when we just want to cut and run. And I had made a commitment to myself that I'm going to face those fears that were creating anxiety within me. I'm going to face them or I'm gonna die. It was like, that's that was my option. Yeah. It's either gonna kill me or I'm gonna survive through it. And I just had such a strong commitment to that. And the area that brought up the most fear for me was sex, was intimacy, was relationships. And so I just kept on addressing it and kept on opening myself up. And it led to me having these awakenings within myself, these new experiences that just totally expanded my my perspective and and allowed me to let go of so much judgment, so much fear that was creating this box around what I can and cannot experience. Because I had this box around this is what my relationship has to look like. It looks like this. It doesn't look like that anywhere outside. It's right here and this is what it is. But I realized that that box was not a box that I had actively created it was a box somebody else had given me yeah that marriage looks like this boom mm -hmm. and i sat in the box and i'm like this box does not fit me 
this yeah. box does not feel right for me but i sat in the box for so long and i was like you know what what happens if i just move the box over to the left for a minute and experience something different maybe i could actually experience something that fits me and that i can connect with and that's exactly what it was it was like let me remove all the things that people said that a marriage should be or that a man should be mm-hmm. or that a relationship should be and let me explore and figure out what works for me exactly what works for me and you know i met people who were doing the same sort of self-exploration and who were undergoing the same sort of introspection and who were, were interested in the same type of healing and those were the folks that my wife and i connected with those are the folks who are our partners today and those are the people who the same as we they view it as this is for healing this is for manifestation this is for joy and so the fact that like anybody can can have the perspective that sex is about healing manifestation and joy anybody can have that right we just simply choose to experience that with other folks as well who also believe that and so that's where it's like do you have an open marriage technically yeah because we have multiple partners but we don't go and pick up random people mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't do you know what i mean like and that's fine for people who want that that's not us right we have a certain number of folks that we have these experiences with and every experience is incredibly intentional every experience is for the reasons of healing manifestation joy it's not just about getting off every experience we're transparent about there's no withhold there's no secrets there's none of that shit that destroys relationships exactly. you talked about so 50 of marriages ending yeah withhold secrecy jealousy that shit kills relationships and so once you move that out of the way you can have a whole different paradigm around a relationship so both of you are aware of every one of your partners that you have absolutely like i have relationship you- i know the dudes and i know the women and she knows the women and we're like we have a relationship with them because if they are pouring love into my partner you know like i want to make sure they're they're coming from a, a powerful place from a loving place and it's not even that i want to make sure of that it's that i know that i'm playing for an elevation in my life i only want to be around energy that lifts me up right like i only want to be around people who make me feel great and who encourage me and support me and when i walk away from them i feel like dang i feel excited i feel turned on about life and i know that's the same for my wife and so why would i not want to get to know that person no no how are those conversations like i'm I'm curious about that like with your wife's partners what I, well we we i was tight with them before it became a physical thing okay it was a many year process of understanding their character understanding who they were as individuals before anything physical happened so i could just text the dudes and go hang out tomorrow because we're tight like that mm-hmm. so it wasn't again it, it wasn't like this dating thing of she's over here dating and i'm over here dating it's also not they're not like in your face about it and they're not like oh yeah you know i gave it to her and whatever whatever it's more like yeah yeah. your wife because that (laughs) that sort of sentiment is that old paradigm of sex is about power yeah sex is about the physical and that we're we're beyond that like we're on a different level with that and we're not the only ones like there's a ton of people who believe that that sex is you know has has uh, um higher purpose than that and so there's none there's no none of that stuff but i will say that that shit was absolutely in my brain absolutely because i dealt with so much jealousy so that right. i had i had tons of opportunities to heal the jealousy and how are you going to heal jealousy when it comes to you know 
sex in a relationship. You're not going to heal that shit in a therapy couch. You're not going to heal that shit in a small group. You got to actually go into the situation to heal it. Heal and that's, it in the bed. That's and that's what I always say. Well, that's, <laughs> and that's why, you know, that's why those experiences for me, I come back to the idea of it being very healing because I went in and I had these, these beliefs about myself and beliefs about who I was like, you think you know you are, who you are until you step into something that scares the shit out of you. And what? then you truly know who you are. I think you're very lucky that you found a partner that is willing to also explore, is also willing to live a happy marriage because um, most of the marriages are unhappy because of that same reason. They have restrictions, they have limitations. Um, but I think it's... I think that's so cool that you found a partner that was willing to be open and talk about it. Now, uh, wait, what's her sign, by the way? Did I don't know. You don't know her sign? <laughs> oh my gosh. When's her birthday? December. December, yeah. Oh, okay, she's, must, she's probably a Sag. Okay, so. Um, She'll probably like, you don't know my sign? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I think you're correct. I think it's Sagittarius. Um, that That's so cool. So now, those um, couples that may be listening to this, um, that one of the partners have, uh, you know, they're thinking about having this conversation with their significant other about um, wanting to have, for whatever you want to call it, an open relationship. Um, what do you recommend for those couples who are thinking there's, because I know, I've, I've known a lot, I know a lot of uh, several marriages that have an open relationship as well and um but how do you explain to those who are curious or thinking about having that conversation with their partner how do you think they should go about it so i think that some of the core foundations of a strong relationship are trust communication transparency right mm -hmm. like being able to trust one another being able to trust yourself and then having honest conversations about life, about what you want to experience, about all those things. So for somebody who wants to have that conversation with their partner, ask themselves, what level of trust do you have with yourself? And what level of trust do you have between you and your partner? Because if the trust is low and you bring a conversation like that to the table, it might very well lead to a breakdown. Yeah. So I see. work on creating some deep trust and and work on opening up your communication you'd have to have a very healthy relationship you got to have a healthy relationship so so you um by that you would say this isn't really for everybody um i'd say that everybody has something that's for them and anybody can choose this and and there is a there is a, a phrase for it we call it abundant love abundant love that's you know where you use that sexual energy for healing manifestation joy and so it's different from an open marriage which is why i didn't yeah, you know, yeah. say it like yeah. that yeah, but no of course of course so but anybody can practice abundant love because it's simply a paradigm around how you view sex and sexual energy so yeah you absolutely have to have a connected trusting you know communicative mature relationship to then proceed to have a conversation like that you don't have to have that to to have a conversation about you know sleeping with other people right you could just have any type of relationship and then say hey i want to sleep with other people but i'm talking about one where it's not about the pleasure or the duty or the power it's about healing manifestation joy and so i believe that to have that type of conversation yeah you got to be at a space where you can really open up because then you could sit down across from your partner and say this is how i 
this is what I'm feeling. I'm desiring these things. Mm -hmm. And you can trust that they will be able to not take it as a slight against them that, oh, you want to experience this because I'm not able to deliver it to you. Because that's, no, that's, that's might be exactly where they go, but it's not about them. It's not about what they can and cannot do. It might simply be about something that a person wants to experience because they feel called to experience that. And so to have the maturity to not take it personally, to not take it as a slight against your ego, because remember how I said I experienced massive judgment. So in mm -hmm. previous relationships, when my, my girlfriend had a close male friend, I was massively jealous and I would say, why do you need a close male friend? I could be your friend. <laughs> so you could you could stop talking to him because I'm going to give you everything that you need in the friend department, in the conversation department. Big cancer energy right there. Big cancer energy. <laughs> and, and that energy creates a cancer. Yeah. That Big energy cancer. turns into cancer in a relationship when somebody is is jealous to that level that they create that amount of possession and they say, you know, I want you to get every all of your needs from me. And then vice versa. I expect to get all of my needs from you. That's a lot to put on a person. I want you to fill me up physically in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. I want you to fill me up emotionally. I want you to fill me up intellectually. I want you to fill me up in the play area and with hobbies. I want you to fill me up in all these areas. That is a lot to put on a person. And that True. is a lot for yeah. you to be asked. Like, I wouldn't want my wife to ask me to fill her up in all those different areas. And the, the reality is we don't get filled up in all so those true. areas by one person like you have multiple friends those friends you have different relationships with you have different conversations with yeah some of them might be friends that you go on hikes with and they fill you mm -hmm. up in that physical bucket and the other friend might be somebody that you have like deep conversations with and they fill you up in the emotional intellectual bucket but when it comes to that sexual bucket we say no 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 one person and so you know that's a little bit where some of my my ideas so around it come how you put that i like how you put that because i uh, for the longest time when I was single, I used to thought, gosh, I don't I see myself with one person for the rest of my life. There's no way. Like, how? How are you attracted to that individual? You're going to have sex with that person for the rest of your life? Are you kidding me? Like, no. <laughs> but now that I'm in a relationship, I'm like, fuck. If somebody touches my boyfriend, I'm going to be really upset. <laughs> but in a sense, I kind of, kind of, I don't know. I'm like, well but why do i feel this way why can i but i it's so weird like i to myself i'm feeling like oh it's okay for me to have these feelings to be sexually with somebody else but i wouldn't want my boyfriend doing that like because i'm really like jealous i'll be like no but so that's why i kind of asked that question earlier about how um because there's always i feel like somebody in the relationship and i'm speaking for experience because i've come across so many open relationships both gate and straight and um and then some of them that you find out that they're not really in an open relationship they lie to you and they were <laughs> just cheating on their spouse but i <laughs> oh, feel like God. it's a more what healthy relationship to uh, in my opinion to be in an abundant love relationship Caesar has some interesting friends that's all i gotta I, say I, yeah, I almost no knows too many people <laughs> that's great though because you get people of, of i'm a all sad i'm very sociable um no but that that's so cool uh, that you put it that way yeah one person it, you're asking way too much of that person hey you know I, you i need to you need to feed me you also need to be there for the good times going hiking but like you put it on a friend you have a friend for each scenario oh i know who i can reach out if i want to go hiking if i want some advice if i want to go party um that's true and one person sometimes cannot 
feed you and provide you all that elements that you're asking for. So I'm not like saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it just is a lot. Right? No, no, I'm, you're I'm, you're 100% right. Yeah. And, you know, I understand this is a lot of is my perspective on it because I know there's people who don't agree. And that is awesome. Like if something works for you, mm-hmm. like do it. You know, I think we talked about this when we were kind of doing our, our prelim call. And I said, there's a lot of different ways to arrive at the sum of five. Yeah. One yeah. plus four, two plus three, five plus zero, six minus one. Like there's an infinite number of ways. Way too fast. <laughs> there's an infinite number of ways to arrive at that space. And so I have found that the space that I'm arrived at is a, is a powerful, healthy, very connected, very loving, very deep, synergistic, beautiful relationship. And we arrived at it through a specific path. There's a lot of other paths. And so if anybody is interested in walking this path, awesome, great. I'll have a conversation. Let's, let's talk about it. But I would never say there's one path for anything ever. There's so many different ways people can express. And there's so many different possibilities of experiences. And that's what makes things like life so beautiful that people can, can, can create whatever they want. You can create whatever type of relationship you want. And my thing is I want people to be in healthy relationships, healthy relationships that are, they feel empowered in that they feel like they are truly fulfilled because I believe a lot of folks are in denial about that. And I believe a lot of folks are in those unhealthy relationships. And you know what the data says, it speaks for itself. More than half of marriages break up. Yeah. And so I would love for a space where everybody who got married, it was a hundred percent and you were in it and you guys died together. That'd be, you know what I mean? That, that just tells me that they were, you guys were synced up and in a beautiful, healthy relationship. And that's the space that I hold. And like, you know, I'm a coach. I work with folks one-on-one. Most of the people I work with are not in the relationship that look like the one I'm with my yeah. wife. And they don't have a fear that I'm going to try to convert them. They don't have a fear that I'm going to like press anything on them. I hold space. I hold space for whatever works for you. Have you met my mom? She puts her religion on you. Oh, God. (laughs) You know, some people. Flyers at the gas station here. uh, And some people believe that's that's the way to go. And I won't, I'm not even going to knock that. Like to each their own. To each their own. So I'm curious, did um, did you and your wife both, were, were you guys on the same page the whole time? Or was there ever like any sort of like you were ahead she was ahead sometimes because uh, you mentioned it's like you were, you were kind of testing it out for a couple of years yeah so there was a point in time when i said if anybody approaches you we're fucking not talking to them anymore and i was okay. like nope if anybody even asks you any type of question that it seems like they're sniffing around we're we're fucking done so i was behind okay right okay and then there was a point where i was leading us forward and I was saying, we're, we're moving forward in this. Like, that's, that's what we need to be doing, you know? And, you know, because and, and that was just, we had this different dynamic where she was kind of leading things because she was interested in exploring and experiencing. And, you know, we were experiencing the pour back into our relationship and she had less fears. And then there was moments when I had less fears. And now we're very much on the same page with it. But it was a multi-year process of working through those fears, for sure. And it was so many different experiences where I had a chance to really experience myself. And that's always what it is. It's, it's, it's me being able to truly experience myself and connect with myself. And that's one of the reasons why I think the bedroom and sex is one of the most powerful places for that healing to occur because you are supremely vulnerable. Like where else are you so vulnerable where literally you've got no clothing to hide and to put on a thing that says, I'm cool because I'm wearing these Jordans, 
right? No, I got, I'm in the fucking bedroom. I'm just straight up butt ass naked. It's just me. Right. All I can bring is myself. And so in those moments, I got a chance to bring me and all the baggage and I get a chance to look at it and release it. And so, you know, at different moments, I was flowing and, and I was flowing and moving and I didn't have as many fears and my wife didn't have as many fears. And today we're, you know, and then during that whole time, we were both in agreement that we are committed to our primary relationship. That's what we're ultimately committed to. And, you know, to the point where it's like one of the, the things that we we constantly make sure is that anything that we're doing with other people, it pours back into our relationship. If that's not happening, then cool. We need to talk about it because that has to happen. It has to come back and fuel our relationship, fuel our partnership, fill up our, you know, who we are as parents, yeah. as business partners, all that stuff, because that's the abundance aspect of it. You know what I mean? It's not like you get some over here and that takes something away over there. It's no, everything gets filled up. And so that's a space that's that we're awesome. in now. I like that. Uh, just to get a little bit off topic, going back to, you know, not having to be in a conventional marriage. How do you feel about like, hey, Caesar, a, I'm sorry, you oh, cut off the mic. Oh, just, really? I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about like being in a marriage, but living in two different homes? Because I feel like that's what I want because <laughs> I find it very hard to live with someone do what works for you man like I'll tell you this some nights I sleep in a different bed of my with my wife because I snore and that shit keeps her up oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. some nights it works Same. for me to move my ass in a different room it might work for you to live in a different house yeah it's that's like, where I'm heading that's extremely interesting that you say that, Caesar. <laughs> Why? Like I, 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 that's just something that I that has literally never crossed my mind. <laughs> maybe <laughs> houses side by side. Who yeah. knows? Or, really? or maybe living in like the same apartment, like building, but like right across from each other. <laughs> I'm just. I think I'm just a very um, particular person. No, yeah. I, I'm very like clean, and things have to be particular, and I need my alone time, and. Um, yeah so i was just thinking because uh like you i feel like i mean like you said there's no rule book why do you have to limit yourself why do you have to follow a certain type of marriage like um so i was just thinking this is just a, i know it's off topic but i was just thinking to myself um because i don't think i can live with my partner and i love him <laughs> so much but i i just don't see myself like and you know maybe you'll hear this you know and and i am and i feel like i'm in a healthy relationship as well where we can talk openly and express ourselves and i love that about him and and i'm happy that you find a partner because I, I know a lot of marriages you know like uh, i hate when like guys are like well whatever my wife says well my wife's handled this types of relationships i hate those but anyways my point is i'm making this podcast about myself i hate i don't want to live <laughs> with my partner when I get married and I was just thinking your thoughts on that and in your case you said that you know live your way the way you want to no, live and if you guys have that agreement awesome yeah like create an agreement in your relationship that's what a marriage is it's an agreement right so get clear on what the agreement is if your agreement is we don't talk on Tuesdays okay fine then that's your agreement that works for you if your agreement is, you know, we we hug every time we see each other for five minutes at a time, whatever the fuck it is, like whatever works for you guys. And yeah. so that's you go back to, you know, it's got to be deep trust. There's got to be deep level of, of of communication, you know, transparency so that you can be honest and say, hey, you know what? I'm feeling like living in separate homes would be what is healthy for me and yeah. would be healthy for us ultimately. So, you know, create your agreement, whatever works for you good 
do you always have to go with your wife everywhere you go is that a serious question yeah no i'm telling because i've seen i'll give you an example like the other day i was out and people are used to seeing me with spencer and they're like um where's spencer and i'm like well he's not here i'm just out he's like he doesn't get mad i'm like no why because i come into so many toxic relationships where uh my friends you know girlfriends like facetiming him and like all the time they're at the club i'm like are you freaking serious like is there like no trust in your relationship that you cannot and so i for me i i love that i i I was like wow you're so used to seeing a toxic relationship and i know this is what a healthy relationship looks like like if i want to go about myself i can and he trusts me enough to be by myself and so that's why I asked that question. Like, are you that way too? Do you have to go everywhere with your spouse or um, is she okay with you hanging out with the boys by yourself or? I mean, um, hey, I'm here. <laughs> like, True. We, you know, I, we have a, a extreme amount of trust. Oh, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off right there. That's cool. Um, so if you, okay, so to understand as well, basically all your other partners are, are they usually the same? And like, you know them all or is it like you get a new person into the group no um, we, we we've like i said we've developed relationships before we did anything physical okay and so i know them and like gotcha gotcha i know okay. them you know deeply and that's right, that's right. part of it for us because you know i don't, I don't want to i i just feel like that space is so vulnerable right that space yeah, of that yeah. connection is so vulnerable and we go even back to the beginning of our conversation talk about the responsibility that you know, you have two people who go, who enter sex, just the act of sex and aren't responsible with it. We already know what could happen. Right. And so, right. In or, you know, both of us view that as a very sacred space. And therefore, the people that we engage with, like, I want to know everything about you before. And I want to have built a relationship with you so that we have a deep level of trust. There is a deep level of transparency, not just with my wife, but with the partners as well. So yeah, we, I know them, they know me. I'll hang out with them separate of hanging out with her. It's, it's just very like, do you guys have a group chat, a group chat, like on my phone? Yeah. No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's just, there, there's, there are people that I, that I'm, that I'm close with. Right. You right, know what right. I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, no. there's just yeah. people that I've formed tight relationships with. And again, you know, the same way that we've got, that everybody's got friends and you do different things with different friends. These happen to be people that we choose to create those experiences with. And so again, like I said, I'm, I'm playing to where the topic of, of sex and sexuality is not so taboo to where, it seems so abnormal, like what I'm describing. You know what I mean? That that's just a, a world that I would love to get to, where we 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 are in a space where we can have very open, very mature conversations around sex, where we can understand that people express it and experience it in all these different ways. Yeah. And so, damn, you know, that's that's the space that I hold. And uh, yeah, to answer your question, the uh, answer was yes. <laughs> I like the way you went with it, though. That's a good answer. Um, I can be long-winded, man. I host, I host multiple podcasts. No, I know good. how to talk. I love that you put it that way because I, uh, when people immediately, oh, when people immediately um, think of like a relationship like yourself, they're immediately thinking of swingers and just people just having sex, you know, with Wild strangers or whatever. Or whatever because yeah. yeah, I, I used to uh, attend. <laughs> A nudist resort in is it not Roswell? It's like a very conservative Bible Belt type of 
town in Georgia. Starts with an R. Anyways, um, and that was what their purpose of those people were there. Now, I was not there for that. I was just invited and it was more for married couple. But I like that we have a different perspective. And I, in my opinion, uh, in your case, I think you have a more healthy uh open relationship i know that's not the term that we want to use in uh abundant love relationship and it's important for people who are listening to this to see that there is uh, a way to have this uh abundant love with a significant other in a healthy perspective where you do get to know your partners where both of them know was aware and it's not just like oh i'm just gonna go out and we're gonna uh be swingers and have sex with strangers just to do so you know so i think i like your um yeah not, not to mention he also um unlearned everything that <clears throat> he learned that wasn't good for him like every bad lesson in his life or whatever that may be and at the same time what society has put onto you because um, i'm sure you must have gotten a lot of backlash at least like i don't know how your relationship with your family or friends that are not in this i'm sure that must have been something that you know oh well that's not what we we raised you to do or you know whatever whatever and people always want to put themselves into your life without really thinking about it. it's like how does that but it doesn't affect me it doesn't it doesn't affect, like yeah I, I'm, I'm that type of person where it's like okay like coming from a place of not like no judgment whatsoever it's like i don't know if that's for me but at the end of the day um, you're not hurting anybody and you're not hurting yourself. Uh, you're doing something great with it. Uh, I've, you know, I encounter judgment on the type of car that you drive. So yeah, there's a shit ton of judgment that's yeah, out there. Around, yeah. around yeah. sex. <laughs> you know, I, I've, when I, I talked about this on my podcast, this was multiple couple years into the show, built up a big audience. My wife and I came on and we did an episode all about abundant love and we talked about it and I had people who emailed me later, months later, and they said, I loved your show and, and I was such a huge fan. And then I listened to you and your wife talk about your relationship and it was, it bothered me so much. It made me feel so uncomfortable that I had to stop listening to you. Oh, dang. Wow. And what was interesting though, is the only way that I knew that is because they continued and said, but I kept thinking about it. And it, it was just on my mind and you were on my mind. And so six months later, here I am back listening again, even though I disagreed with everything you said, there was just something about it. And for me, the thing that, that folks connect with is that we are a hundred percent about love. That is when you boil it down, right? Things boil down to love and fear. The abundant love paradigm is about love. And so when you realize that it's not about me telling you what you need to do, and me judging you for not doing the same shit I do, or me trying to pull you down this path, or me saying this is better than what you're up to. It's not about anything like that. It's purely about what is loving and what is healing. That's why I believe folks who initially were exposed to it, who were like, this just confronts the shit out of me. When you sat with it and recognized that what at its core, it is about love, then you know they were able to come back and, and share that type of email with me. Um, but you know, I've totally had family who who when i shared with them they were like cool i don't want to know any more details about it you do you <laughs> okay and i'm like okay great i get it because that probably makes you feel incredibly uncomfortable the right, same right. way that it made me feel incredibly uncomfortable and maybe they're just not in a space to actually address that discomfort and have a conversation so i'm cool with it and for me it's it's 
as long you as know, you're happy who cares yeah like right. I, I i play for just being my authentic self i play for um expressing myself and recognizing you know just like not holding back when i feel like i'm holding back because i'm scared it's like no let me just be me right and right. so me sharing with certain family members it was about that let me just be me and if you're interested in learning more we could talk about it and if you're not okay cool i wish we could talk about it but you know it's all right if we can't and that's just kind of how it is and that's how it stands so there's some folks in my family who don't know there's some folks who do know and aren't interested in talking about it and i'm i'm okay with that yeah yeah i think i mean like it may be i'm just saying maybe some insecurities in themselves as well just because uh, you're open you're living your truth life and you're happy and you're in a healthy relationship and maybe um they don't have that so I don't who know. knows yeah there might be so <laughs> many different reasons why a person would would reject it or just be closed off to it or just not want to hear about it and i'm not even going to start start to speculate i just simply going to hold the space yeah hold the space that if you want to have a conversation you know that i'm about honesty and i will share and i'm there's not a topic that's off limits to me and so whenever you want to talk i'm here and that's that's the space that i hold for family and for anybody you know what i mean like that's why i'm here talking to you guys it was like yeah y'all seemed like you were interested in, in having an open conversation i was like cool because if i perceived that it was a judgmental conversation this was going to be yeah. like jerry springer like look at the fucking dude with a different relationship <laughs> then uh you know uh, it's right, a man right. maury and there was a part there was a part of me that was like you know what i don't really know these guys i don't know if that's the energy they're coming with who knows maybe you know to be honest with you i've i've wanted to have this conversation with somebody um i, I i've i've come up with ideas with juan and everything and i'm like i would love to talk to somebody uh, about this just because i'm just curious i'm just interesting what well, goes shit, on you you and, created this you manifested and, this moment <laughs> you made and, this happen yeah and, and you that know, was you like godsend i don't know <laughs> thank you so much because i know a couple i'm not going to say names they are in church that live your, your lifestyle and you know they i wanted to have that conversation with them as well but they, they didn't want to go public with it but i'm glad that you are courageous enough to because it it shouldn't be taboo like like you said your marriage should be live however you want it to be and and people should be okay with it in a way i mean like you said nobody has to accept my lifestyle or whatever but what is so taboo about me living my marriage a little bit different than yours and so um if they do listen to this i'm glad that they can hear you know that there's other people like yourselves out there and um so i, I think it's important for people like you to speak up because i know there's a lot of couples out there that definitely wish to live that lifestyle but maybe they don't know and, and like i said i love your perspective of it because the first thing that people think of relationships like yourself is oh swingers and that's all that they have but the way you have put it um in this conversation that we're having i, I think it's a very healthy way i like it so, so you guys, do you mind if i make a quick plug yeah go yeah, ahead yeah, i was talking about to ask you that actually. all right cool so uh if if you guys are interested in more conversations like this you know i did one on my podcast called having it all and go check that out um but there's another podcast it's called make every day your day make every day your day and i help produce it and it's the podcast of a a health and fitness um, philosophy a health and fitness platform called the your day balance game and on the make every day your day podcast abundant love is talked about you know the man who hosts it he's one of, he's he's the one who kind of came up with the the phrase and the framework around abundant love and so he talks about it on that podcast go and listen there's many different episodes that will help you to hear a different perspective around sex around sexuality 
and around how to use sexual energy. And Day is just a just he's one of these these people who, you know, when he reads a book or gets our information, he soaks it up and he'll study it and he'll dig in like he I've been around him so many times where he's wanted to refer a passage in a book and he'll grab a book and flip right to the page because he's read the book 50 times. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> That's insane. So the the conversation around sexual energy and and moving the energy and all that this dude is a master at it and okay. he shared so much of 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 this stuff on that podcast so make every day your day go check that out and you can learn more about abundant love and just like you were saying you know i think i think just being exposed to a conversation and just being open to hear something that's a little bit different just being open mm -hmm. And who knows what will, you know, what, what your mind might be open to. I'm not saying you're going to then go and totally change your relationship. Yeah, you got it right there. But perhaps you, you, what you take away from this is, you know, there's areas in my relationship that I've been withholding. There's things that I experience that I know isn't coming from a loving place. I want to look at that a little bit. And if, if one person has one more degree of trust, transparency, authenticity, vulnerability, honesty with their partner as a result of listening to this, I think this is a fucking mm -hmm. win through the roof because ultimately that's what we're all playing for that with our relationships, for it to be just insanely intimate and deep and connected yeah. and beautiful and loving. And so I'm not saying everybody needs to, to live the life the way that I do and my wife do. I'm just saying, if you can just get one little piece of, of love out of this, awesome and go and explore and examine yourself and your relationship and maybe see if you can take it up a notch in whatever way that looks like now if um if someone would like to know more or like talk to you personally what's like the best way to reach you hit me up on instagram matthew underscore bivens you can dm me i love talking on instagram and and just getting into those conversations um and email me Matt C. Bivens at gmail.com. I'm sure you guys will put in the show notes or something. Yeah, yeah. And we'll put that in there. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm I'm so open to have conversations about this, particularly with folks who are also open minded. I mean, I know if anybody reaches out to me, it's probably because you have you're you're yeah. curious and you want to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh yeah, reach out to me. I mean, I I drop my Instagram handle and my email on all my podcast episodes, and I encourage anybody reach out and connect so that it can be an actual conversation. Because if you're listening right now, like you aren't necessarily in this five person conversation, but you can be. Yeah. You know right, what I mean? Like right. we can have a dialogue. So yeah. And keep in mind, literally there's like five different views in this room right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. The fact that we can sit here and yeah. talk about this. Yeah. It's cool. There's yeah. 7 billion different people. Every person has a different view. My wife has a different view than I do. Right. Nobody is in my brain. Nobody's got the same exact experiences. So right, right. I think it's awesome to be in a space where we can we can talk. And yeah, I think it's really needed because like I, yeah. I honestly have yeah. to say that it, it makes me a little uncomfortable. Um, but after just this conversation, I was like, OK, I, I, I learned something from here. I, I've, I've learned to also just um, open up more. Like I, I'm part of part of doing this podcast is that as well, just because it's like you just talk about things that you don't normally talk about mm -hmm. and um i mean i would love to do that more in my life as well because i guess not everybody's gonna be the same not everybody's gonna be as open uh, unfortunately but i mean i think i'm just gonna continue to make this a space for that you know 
Yeah, and here's yeah. what's going to happen. You being a slight degree more open, now you're going to go out in the rest of life and you're going to influence all those people that you influence and they're going to sense your slight degree more of openness and that might open them up another degree. Right. Like right. every single person in here is an influencer. You don't have to be a fucking Kardashian to be an influencer. Everybody is an influencer. And so whenever we have any sort of growth happening or any sort of amount of healing or transformation happen, like recognize that ripples Right. You know, you know, that whole six degrees from Kevin Bacon thing, like everybody can six degrees can get to, you know, we can connect to other people. That idea is essentially. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. So, the, you know, it's, it's like, yeah, I don't know from where what it is, but, but, but it's just saying how connected we are. And so right. having a conversation like this, if it opens up your mind just a little bit, recognize that you're going to go and be a different person now. And we're all we're all different people than we were an hour and a half ago. And now we're going to go out and influence those who we are connected with and who knows where this can ripple. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Definitely. Definitely. And I think, um, I think we've talked pretty much about, um, as much as we can talk with for, for, for the moment of this topic. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, um, we've covered just about everything. Having, you yeah. know, I had a lot of questions. Um, and it's kind of funny because, um, as you were talking, you were answering a lot of my yeah, questions. Yeah. And I was like, oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was really cool, man. I appreciate it. This was great. I, I, um, I appreciate you guys for creating this space. I think the fact that you have these types of conversations on your podcast is beautiful. You know, that means that you're holding the space for this type of stuff. And the fact that you're uncomfortable and stepped into it. <laughs> I mean, that's... I that's, love seeing Daniel uncomfortable. It's just, you know, but like... <laughs> Daniel is always uncomfortable. That's how you grow, chair though. is uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, this couch is no, a okay. spring in my ass. Yeah, dude, 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 I was gonna, dude, oh, we should have brought that up. That couch fucking sucks. <laughs> okay, like... We do apologize for that because we have been wanting to upgrade on the couch, but we've been too busy upgrading the equipment. So y'all got the nice chairs. It's <laughs> not even that nice. This couch This is the guy. Dude, dude, our couch potatoes deserve better. I know. I always want to say, I always want to be a couch potato. I always want to, and here I am, and I regret every minute. When I stand up, I'm going to have. I'm glad I'm bringing it up so that the next person who sits on this couch is going to be a different couch. Yeah. They're going to be like, this is the nicest seat. I'm going to put like a cushion on it, you know, just sticks it up temporarily. Some new upholstery or something, man. That's just terrible. Well, oh, man. I think that'll do it, man. I, yeah, I really man, appreciate you, Matthew. Was, that was great. Um, I loved every minute of this. It was it was really interesting yeah. to just sit back and just like open my mind and just be flooded cool. with knowledge. I love yeah. it. It was awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, MRP. Bye. Thanks for choosing. i uh, joining a Caesar. And we're off. And remember, Anchor is your one-stop shop. <laughs> <laughs> we got to plug me undies. <laughs> right? Everybody's. <laughs>